Welcome to episode 297 of the AMPM podcast. Get ready to take some notes because in this action-packed episode, Stephen Black and I are going to be sharing some amazing strategies and ideas to get the juices flowing on how you can build a community off Amazon and how you can leverage the sales and customer data on Amazon to add to that community. In fact, Stephen is going to share some of the tips and strategies that one of his clients used to take a $10,000 investment and turn that into a $30 million a year business on Amazon. Welcome to the AMPM Podcast. Welcome to the AMPM Podcast. We explore opportunities in e-commerce. We dream big and we discover what's working right now. Plus, plus, this is the podcast where money never sleeps. Working around the clock in the AM and the PM. Are you ready for today's episode? I said, I said are, are you, you ready? Ready. Let's do this. Let's do this. Here's your host, Here's your host Kevin King. Kevin King. All right. In this episode, we're going to be speaking with Stephen Black. Stephen, I'm so happy to have you here on the AMPM podcast. You know, I was just doing a podcast, I think it was two podcasts ago, and I had Brandon Young on. And I asked Brandon, I said, Brandon, who are some of the most influential people in the space that you follow or you think are really on the cutting edge? And he said something I already knew. He said, Stephen Black. First name out of his mouth was Stephen Black. And so I was like, all right, we got to get Stephen on. I know this guy's busy. He's very selective in who he speaks with and what he does. His time is is precious. And so I reached out to Stephen. I said, hey, you know what? You've spoken at the Billion Dollar Seller Summit. You've spoken on the Helium 10 Elite training we do. It's always amazing stuff. We have to have you here on the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome, man. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. As as you said, I have spoken at your BDSS summit, and that was amazing. I've spoken in Brandon's group. I've spoken a few other places, and it's always fun to be able to dive in and talk about some of the extra pieces that Amazon sellers can use to really take their business to a different level and give themselves an unfair advantage. I agree. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. I promise you're going to learn some stuff. Steven is super smart at what he does. So I encourage you, you know, if you're driving, listen closely. You might have to re-listen to this episode later with pen and paper because it's going to be an amazing episode. Now, before we get into some of the nuts and bolts, Stephen, tell us a little bit about your background. I know you, you've sold yourself. You, you consult with a lot of big eight and nine figure brands. Can you just give us the quick backstory of uh, why we should listen to you? Of course. Of course. I have been a marketer for 16 years. I was a marketer and selling outside of the Amazon platform with brick and mortar businesses and some, some online things for about a decade before I even jumped into the Amazon world. Um, I have multiple brands of my own both on and off of the Amazon platform. And as as you said, Kevin, I consult with a few hundred different brands, all the way ranging from startups to uh, a few companies that are doing over nine figures each, and even a few ad agencies. I speak, like you said, very selectively, but some, but you know, it, it ranges from a high-level Amazon crowd like your billion dollar seller summit event that you run. I did an event a couple of months ago, and there were only 100 people in the room, and the average revenue per person was $30 million a year. Wow. So, I mean, it's it gets it gets places. And I'm a little different. I don't just talk about it. Ad- was that an Amazon event, or was no, that it was ge- not Amazon. general e-commerce? Or- no, it was not Amazon. Okay. It was e-commerce and, DTC, and uh, DTC brand owners. 
And people like to talk to me because I'm not just, here's the latest tactic or here's the latest strategy. I don't like all of that. I'm all about leveraging the relationships that we can have with customers and keeping them coming back. My whole game is once I have somebody, how can I use the the customer experience as a conversion pathway to get not only the highest average order value and pay the lowest cost per acquisition, but to continually keep them coming back. I want the highest customer lifetime value that I can drive out of them because when we sell things online or, or anywhere for that matter, we can either have a relationship relationship with people or it can be transactional in nature. I want people to feel like they can trust, they can talk to us, they, they can reach out like it's community member because they're going to trust more and they're going to buy things that we recommend if we have that kind of open conversation pathway with them versus it only being transactional in nature, like the grocery store clerk that's checking you out when you get your food. I don't want it to be just that passive because now they're just going to be comparing feature to feature for the price of the things they buy, as opposed to all of the other things that I can pull on to sway things into my favor. Now, this is something that's becoming more and more important selling on Amazon. In the past, a lot of people would say, just use a tool like Helium 10, find an opportunity, go to Alibaba, Mm -hmm. find a product, stick your logo on it and sell it. Those days are pretty much over. I mean, you have the occasional success of someone that does that. Now it's all about relationship building, community building, exactly what you say. And that's a, that's something that's missing from a lot of the training yeah. sessions out there. That's missing from a lot of the, the dialogue out in the space. And it's so critically important. And it's something that a lot of people just don't really understand. So how, how do you even right. start this process? Right. Well, let's, let's set this up as my mentality when I talk to Amazon sellers, even if they're very successful on the Amazon platform, they're like, okay, like you said, where do I even start moving off of this? What I usually tell the Amazon crowd is what is the biggest thing you're missing with only being on the Amazon platform? And that is being able to talk to the customers and owning the customer data. So my first thing that I always try to talk to people about is, number one, how can we set up a standalone landing page that will lead people to an email list or to click through to our products so that we can better convey the benefits and messaging that we want people to take notice of versus our product listing only where it looks like all the other product listings and you see all these different things to click on. That's number one. Number two, how can I set up an email marketing flow or series of email marketing flows to start that process with people? Because that will seed you for expanding into, say, Facebook ads or Google ads or your own store or a community or whatever it is. And honestly, no matter how big you are, if you're not doing email marketing, you're, you're missing probably about 30% of the revenue that you should have. And it's incredibly profitable because email marketing is the only form of marketing that is permission-based marketing. People are saying, yes, I want to hear from you. Please send me messages that are relevant. Now, does that mean that everything needs to be sales-related? 
No, it needs to also, you know, have some niche content on things in which they're interested. And then the next question is, of course, how do we find that? How do we build all of that out? And I'd like to take it uh, two different angles. One angle is if you're coming off of Amazon onto Amazon. So you're building a community off of Amazon to actually help you maybe launch a product or get some information and build a list okay. that way. And then I'd like sure. to do it the reverse way because a lot of people mm-hmm. don't don't understand the reverse way is if you're you're selling on them, what about those customers that didn't find you off a of Facebook ad or they didn't find you off the email that you sent them? They just found you because you're ranked well on Amazon. How do you get those people to join this yeah. other community? So I'd like to approach it from both ways, if you don't mind, and, and share some some ideas and the yes. importance of audience segmentation. You know, a lot of people don't understand what right. is audience segmentation. Let's talk about that and feel free to, to take it from whichever angle you would prefer uh, to start with. All right. Well, we talked about uh, where you first mentioned, how do we get a community going to drive people to Amazon? That's usually the one that people want to know the most. I said, okay, if I'm already on Amazon, how do I get people that are not here yet to Amazon? What I want you to understand is that the phases of the of the buyer's journey, you have pre-purchase, purchase, and post-purchase. When people go to the Amazon platform, they have already done their research on having a deeper understanding of what their problem is and what avenues they need to go to solve the problem. And now they've decided they need to buy a product and they've already probably compared one kind of product versus another, and now they come to the Amazon platform ready to buy, and it's just down to features at that point. It's what is going to have the best chance of eliminating this problem and has the least chance of getting to me and being an awful product. That's what people's mindsets are when they get to Amazon. So the question is, how do I leverage that pre-purchase part so that when people are thinking about what to buy, they're thinking about my stuff? That's what people really want to know. So here's how we do it in terms of setting up a community. People don't care about your brand. People don't care about your product. People care about does this person that's making a product recommendation really understand things from my point of view? Do you speak their language? Could you write a magazine article that they would read as a member of the space? That's a good way to think about it. So what I usually do is I'll take some of my broad keywords you know, like let's say, let's say, you know, I think the example I used in Billion Dollar Seller Summit was scuba equipment. If I sell scuba stuff on the Amazon platform, I'm going to take scuba diving and I'm going to go to uh, some of the off Amazon places that I can find, even like Facebook, go to Facebook groups and just search on Facebook scuba diving and then click on groups and you'll see all the groups for scuba diving. It's a niche related broad match keyword. You can go in those groups and say, okay, let me try to understand what the different categories are that people are talking about. Rock and roll. Can I find five categories? Sure. If not, go to your bookstore, pick up a hobby magazine for the space. If you have that going on, and say, okay, what are five categories? If you can't find that, use what's called a Google search modifier and look up forums colon keyword. And your Google search results will only show you forums where people are talking about that specific thing. You can go to the online forums and find like five different categories that people are talking about around the space that you're selling within or Um, around the problem that you're trying to solve with your product. Cool. Now you got five. Okay. 
can I then find, let's say, 10 different topics that are hot topics that people, you know, you see it come up repeatedly or it's gotten a lot of engagement in a Facebook group or a forum or something of that variety. Great. Can I find 10 little topics under each category that way? Great. Just write those down as ideas. Those are 50 different ideas. Rock and roll. Now, guess what? Can I make content where it's, you know, a short little bit of a conversation starter? Where I'm saying, hey, you guys, I you know, have this going on. What about this? What about that? What are your thoughts on it? Like if I'm saying for all of my people do like a scuba diving kind of thing for all of my people that are wanting to, to, to do reef photography, what are your, you know, I'm going over to this site. What are your camera settings for this? And just let people talk because let's say I sell dive photography accessories. I want people to talk about that kind of stuff. Can I do it in the other Facebook groups? Yes. All I'm going to do is I'm going to try to be a contributor in the space so that my name keeps coming up. Now, people are going to say, hmm, that's pretty insightful. That's pretty interesting. Now, here's the, here's the catch. Here's, here's the part I want you to write down. You do not have to be an expert on your subject. Please do not think you need to do that to participate in social communities and build one of your own. You are the editor of a magazine curate the content and put it back in front of people. That's what you need to do. That will allow you to learn to speak the language of your space. As you learn to speak the language of your space, better optimize your listings. And guess what? People are going to start following you from those groups. When you get about 50 people that follow you on your regular profile, start your own group. You've already got 50 ideas. If you can present them three different ways, you have 150 days of posts what can I do to curate content under these five categories and 10 subjects that I found that everybody wants to know about? And you can set up a simple calendar that way, go into Facebook Creator Studio and auto post it. And guess what? You have 150 days of posts ready to rock, rotating content variety. It's always relevant. And in between all of that, you send people to your Amazon listing. The whole point behind it, and you can do that on Instagram, you can do it on Facebook, you can do it in a community forum just, you know, that's not on social media. You can do it in your in your email. If you want to start an email list, the point of it is you are letting people know that you understand things from their point of view. You are building trust as a member of the market. And so when you make your product recommendations and you have your sales and all of this kind of thing, where you're sending people a link in between your content posts, they're not seeing it as a cold offer. They know you, they've talked to you, there's accountability if something goes bad. And because they see you as a member of the market, now you're making a product recommendation as opposed to a cold offer. Does that make more sense? That's, that's kind of how that works. So there's a whole simple little system to take things set up a community or get a community to start following you to where you can set up your own or an email list or whatever you want or a, you know, a topic page on Instagram or Facebook, whatever you want, and then get people moving over. I have a seller that I'm working with right now and he started a sleep aid brand and he was originally going to have just some kind of like a snoring device or something like that. And it ended up being a supplement line that helps with migraines and everything else because he found through the groups that 
Part of the reason that people were having sleep trouble was they were having headache problems and they couldn't rest and they didn't really have a wind down routine. And guess where he built his following? Doing selfie videos talking about sleep tips on TikTok. Mm. It's that simple. He found what people were wanting, repurposed it as simple little videos, and he gets he has like 13,000 followers, gets like millions of views on his sleep tips and has made a migraine supplement brand. He's He's got other things going on where he's tying that in. Um, people are asking him for a simple little digital course that he can tie to that to help them with accountability of winding down and getting better sleep. And people love him for it. It's that simple. You just have to listen to the audience. And they'll tell you everything you need to know. How big of an audience do you really need? Because, you know, you have people that will participate that will give you good information, but they're not necessarily buyers. You know, so Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people that may try to start a community on Facebook and they're like, I got 100 people or 500 people or 1,000. Is that enough? Because only a small percentage of them, in most cases, are actually going to turn into buyers when you're planning those, you know, recommendations, as you say. When you're the the editor of the magazine, not not an author Mm -hmm. of a book, as you like to say, you know, make sure it's a magazine. So it's a variety of things, not just a very focused, as an author would be very focused on a single subject. Yeah. Because I see, you know, in just as a quick little aside here, one of the things I'm doing to build communities right now, and I'm talking about this at the the Billion Dollar Seller Summit and at Sale and Scale in uh, in September, the big helium. 10 event in Vegas is how to use NFT to actually launch products and build community. Because a lot of people think NFTs are just a little JPEG picture, but NFTs really are more about community and they're big on discord servers. And so you'll see 20,000 people on a discord server. It's kind of like telegram or like Facebook, but only 2000 people end up buying the NFT. So it's like a 10% ratio there. Sure. So you're going to see the same thing when you're doing Facebook or Instagram or something. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about how big of an audience do you really need to build to actually leverage that properly to help you sell your products on Amazon or Shopify or wherever? Yeah. So no matter where you send them as a checkout point, you're always going to have a fluidness to your audience. You're going to have new people come in that are discovering your content. You're going to have people that it's not for them anymore. You're going to have people that buy and that's it. You're going to have people that that buy and come back. You're going to have people that lurk. So one of the things that I really like to do is I like to take the questions that I find people are asking, usually three or four or even more word long tail search phrases around my space. I'll either have a piece of content written by like somebody that that writes SEO articles or something like that, or I'll write it myself. I'll set up a basic content website Nothing, nothing fancy. I'm not trying to go for millions of SEO views or something like that. It can even be like a simple Squarespace site that functions as a niche blog topic site. You can run Google search ads on those long tail questions that have super low competition, drive those to your site, and then take everybody that engaged with that as a custom audience over the last, you know, say 14 days and drive them to an opt-in page for your group, period. And you'll start getting fresh blood that comes in saying, hey, I know these guys. I read that article. Sure, that's great. So these long-tail questions, uh, where are you recommending they get them from Answer the Public or where would they be getting these long-tail questions from? Answer the Public or Quora usually is a good spot for those. I mean, that's Answer the Public is going to be the easiest one because it will give it to you in both a visual diagram and as a downloadable spreadsheet. If you use the Chrome extension keywords everywhere, it will also give you search volume and trend data 
for those long tail searches. So you can see exactly what searches are producing what results and what the competition is and blah, blah, blah. And it's very, very easy to say, okay, here's a bunch of long tail keywords. I've had some articles written for say 20 of the top searches. Can I set up simple Google searches for $5 a day as a campaign to get anyone searching anything near that to come over to my site? Sure. Super duper easy. You're getting people for pennies to come to your site and you're not paying for it unless they actually click to come over to your site. And then it also means you're not having to pay much to get people into your community or onto your, 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 you know, social media topic page or wherever you want to send them a discord community, wherever it is. But the point is you've qualified people who are joining your community. This is how you get higher quality people because they have taken action to say, I want to know more about my problem. And if they join the community, they're saying, I want to be around other people who are either part of my same passion pursuit or have a similar problem to mine. And that means they'd like a solution without having to waste time. I try to keep track of what I call speed to conversion. That's something in the content marketing world where when you get first touch with somebody in a community environment, how long is the average to see a sale from that member? And usually about 28 days is, is what we normally see when people first touch content to where you can usually make a sale off of them. Or you'll start seeing a drop off in engagement. People usually know within about 28 days, unless it's like a really, really high ticket kind of thing. I mean, we're talking like thousands and thousands of dollars. People pretty much know that either they want something or they don't within 28 days. Now that's bringing everybody to Amazon. We can drive people to content. We can repurpose it. We can send people to the community. We can take everybody that engage and send them an advertisement with an offer. We can totally do all of that. But this is how you start manipulating the customer experience and qualify people to see your offers and send them to Amazon. Now let's shift gears, I think would be good. And let's talk about how to get people from Amazon to an email list or to a community. Now, years ago, I started talking about the whole QR code and messenger bot thing, and it kind of has taken taken to be normal now. Everybody knows about you're running QR codes. Everybody talks about messenger bots, all of that kind of thing. But what people don't think about is, okay, what do you really have to get people to, to notice you? We cannot email people on Amazon directly outside of their transaction. We just don't have that leverage anymore. And so how do we get people to stop opening and playing with their product and actually pay attention to the point where they're going to come and actually try to be part of a community or talk to us? Where I'm going with this is, can we spend a little more to go from having just a generic postcard style insert to something that is more of an attention capture device? Is the QR code presented as part of the packaging in, in a, a premium kind of way to where people go, oh, wait a minute, what's what's that? Am I talking about explainer videos as, as you know, scan the QR for, for explainer videos, scan the QR for more ways to use blah, blah, blah. People really like use cases and speeding up the process to better use what they've just picked up. Okay. Just to interrupt you on that. Go ahead. That's a good point that he just made. Pay very close attention. Most people are just putting a little business card or they're putting a little, like you said, a postcard kind of thing as a package insert. And, yeah. and honestly, I buy a lot from Amazon. I mean, a lot. 
And the first thing I do is th- I don't even pay attention to that stuff. You know, sometimes they'll put the big stop sign. It's right on top of the box. So right when you, you cut it open, you see like a big stop. I don't even pay attention to that. The only time I pay attention is I'm, if I'm trying to reverse engineer, you know, my competitor to see what, what they're doing. But what I do now with a lot of my products is I actually make this capture actually look feel like it's a part of the product you know you get sometimes you get a product and inside the package there's multiple packages you know one's got the i don't know i'm just making this up the adapters in a box and then another one's got the uh, the 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 device in a box another one has the cord in a box i will put another box in there that looks cool that actually when they open that up that is my attempt to get the lead capture my qr code or my whatever so it almost feels like it's part of the package you can't you can't miss it you just you can't miss it and they and they pay attention Go ahead, uh, Stephen. Yes, you're you're absolutely a hundred percent right, Kevin. That is that is absolutely what people need to think about, and that's why I use the word attention capture device. If it looks like it's part of the stuffing and the padding and the packaging that's that's disposable, people are going to dispose it. You're you're allowing it to be wallpaper. You're saying, hey, you know. Please, if if you're bored, kind of notice us, please. Whereas what Kevin was just talking about, where you make it an actual part of the product, or you make it part of, of the display when they open the package, you make it something important that they know they should look through, now they're paying attention. One of the things that, that I did for a long time is on all of my packaging, I made sure there was a cutout in the packaging. And instead of just a regular card, I spent two extra dollars per unit and I had plastic like credit card like material printed with the QR code. So it looked like it was like now you're part of the club, you mm-hmm. have the thing. Because when it looked like a credit card, it felt like that that plastic deal, people didn't throw it away. They're like, wait a minute, what is this? And it was so different that if you pick that up, you go, wait, okay, hold on. What is this? And when I get people into that, my first thing out of the gate is always a thank you video always. Hey, I'm a real person. This is us. You know, thank you so much. This is what you can expect. If you click the link below, this is what you're going to get. Here's some how-to videos. Here's our community of other people just like you. This is what we talk about. We'd love to see you in there. You can talk to me in there, blah, blah, blah. And you're setting the tone for people that, hey, yeah, you just bought my box on Amazon, but you don't realize now we're dating. Now we're best friends. I want to do everything that I can to make your life better. And when you convey that to people, they're either going to go, okay, you're full of crap. I'm going to sniff you out so I can, I can, you know, say no way. Or they're going to, they're going to take a look and say, whoa, man, nobody else is doing this. How easy is it to get reviews from that? How easy is it to give them a place to land where other people are already engaged so they can say, oh, wow, there's more people like me here. And they're talking about my problems and there's already so many solutions and, and participation and it's so encouraging and it feels good. It takes people from being an isolated name on, a, on an order sheet to being part of something when, especially for the last few years, we've all felt so distant from each other. So allowing people to have a place to land is the easiest way to get people to engage. And there, there are quite a few brands that do this extremely well. One of my favorite brands, absolute favorite brands, and they're on Amazon and off of Amazon, and they do this probably some of the best I have seen. There's a protein uh, powder company called MyObvi, M-Y-O-B-V-I. It's collagen-based protein. And if you look at their community on Facebook and they're listing on Amazon, like they do seven figures easy from just their community alone. 
It's so silly. And everything about their opt-ins and their emails and their website and just leading people from Amazon, everything is about getting people to that community because they know that if you're in a space and we can surround you with other people to validate your interests and to help you with your problems and to make you feel like you're not alone, well, that's something that not everybody that you're buying from on Amazon can offer. And if I offer that, no one else is touching it. So that's something to leverage as you go along. What do you find that, you know, a lot of people, they'll just say, uh, here's an insert card, go register for your warranty or download this uh, PDF book. What are some of the things, you know, those are usually not that effective in my experience. What are some of the things that you find that are really compelling to get people to actually, okay, we've got their attention. You know, we've done, like you said, we've done a cool thing inside that's Mm -hmm. got their attention. What do I need to do? to actually get them to take those next steps, in your opinion, beyond just a warranty or sign up for my VIP club or something that's really going to motivate them. Do you have any examples of anything that's worked really, really well? So make it personal. Make it personal. This is is more about copywriting and conveying a reason for them to engage than anything else. Because if I say, okay, product warranty, that's overly vague and generic. They're going to say, okay, but does that mean I'm going to have to, I'm thinking about my product breaking. There's a VIP club. Okay. Like I, I just bought something from you. You want me to buy again? Mm-hmm. Like what's in it for the end user? You know, what I will usually do is I will, I will think about what the main benefit is on my listing that I was trying to, 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 to run with people. Like if I have, if I have a sleep aid supplement, uh, as, as example, is it because it's going to solve migraines? Is it because it's going to help them not be groggy in the morning? Is it going to help them sleep even though they may have allergies? Is it non-chemical, like an all-natural kind of thing? I'll say on the insert, here's more, more things you can do based around that benefit. Because you're making it personal to them. And it's hard to do when you have a broad-based product like a sleep aid supplement because people are going to be converting for different reasons. But usually you can find one where you can say, hey, scan this to join our community of other experts that are going to help you get the best sleep you can and wake up rested. Like some something of that variety. You're reiterating the reason that they bought it and they can read that and they can go, okay, that's, that's, they're not asking me to buy something else. They're, they're saying, hey, we want to continue to solve your, we want to continue to help you solve your problem. You have to talk about something personalized. You know, we, we can pick a number of different niches and it would just be a matter of, of trying to formulate kind of a simple headline to sell that click, sell that scan to get them moving. If you're offering something where they feel like they're going to have to buy something else or you're making it about you and your company usually not effective, like, like, like Kevin said. But if you can make it personalized about them to where they understand, oh yeah, this is the reason I bought this. Okay, this feels like they actually understand what I'm going through. Let me take a look a little deeper into that. That's how you're going to get higher opt-in rates on those inserts on top of making the insert a premium part of the experience. And this is what people don't understand. And Kevin, I'm sure you've seen this a million times with all the you know countless people that you've worked with over the years. People completely neglect the deliverable and unboxing experience 
that comes with selling something and buying something as a consumer. And it drives me batty. Have you ever found yeah, that? Yeah, you eat with your eyes first. And so many yes. people don't yes. don't don't uh, get that. And so I spend money on the packaging because it, it, it validates that you just made the right decision. If you order something, you know, for 50 bucks and it comes in a brown mm-hmm. piece of junk cardboard, you know, it came from China with some black marks on the side and stickers <laughs> all over it. You're, you're like, okay, cool. And when you're opening up, man, what did I get? But if it comes in, you know, like an Apple type of box or something, and it might have cost you a buck or two more to deliver yes. that. And, and you're like, this validates. Not yes. only is it like I made the right decision, but it validates it. And back to your point about the insert, just to give a little story of something I've done that's been highly effective. You know, we we're talking about warranties or PDFs or giving something personal. Because I've had dog, I've yeah. had dog treats is one of the, the, the products that I, that I sell. And what we've done is we've done a couple different things with that to actually get people onto our list. And what we've done is if I'm selling a dog bowl, that people buy the slow, the slow feed dog bowl on Amazon. It's a custom dog bowl that I designed. Mm-hmm. And then the insert actually says, we have a special cleaner for this. We'll give it to you. We've done it for free. Just go to our website, you know, and get this special cleaner. You know, it's it's better than soap and water yeah. and we'll send it to you for free. We've done tests with free plus shipping and, and free. And we've done it with dog treats where it says, get a free sample pack. You know, say I've got six different products on Amazon, uh, six different dog yeah. treats, you know, duck feet and pig and what, whatever, these different little treats. Yeah. I'll, I'll make a little gift box, a little gift, you know, it's really small. It's really lightweight and ship. It's got like one of each treat and like a little box of chocolates almost that will say, go to the website and we'll give it to you for free. Yes, that costs me money, but I get a very qualified person, a very interested person who is very appreciative of yes. me. And then when they come to the website, I ask them, what's your dog's name? Oh, my dog's name's Fido. How old is he? You know, what breed is it? You know, I get just some three or four. Not, I don't go through yeah. a big, huge questionnaire. And then what we do is on their dog's birthday, they'll enter the dog's birthday. And about a week before the dog's birthday, we will send the dog a present through the mail. And the dog gets this present uh, that is so through the smart. mail, and they're like shocked, and they're like, "Holy cow!" Wow! And and you know, these this cost me, you know, it depends on what it is, but between three and eight dollars, depending on the offer, and depends on the product price. Yeah. And yes, it comes out of my margin, but the dividends it pays in reviews. You know, people are always saying, "How do I get more reviews?" Wow! Uh, the dividends that people will buy it just because of that. You know, it, it's it's like I always remember. I used to buy when I was in the, the mm-hmm. movie. I used to do a lot of television production. We'd buy blank. You know, we don't you don't have to do this anymore, but you have to buy the blank beta tapes. You know, to put in the camera. And there's this company out of Philadelphia that would we would buy from, and they would always put two little packs of M and M's in the package. So you get you know you buy a, a case of tapes, and inside the package, two of those like Halloween size packages of of M and M's, and. I would order from them just because of the freaking M&Ms than I would from somewhere else because, yeah. you know, I could go down the store and get that. But those little things make make a huge, huge difference. And and yeah. yes, that comes out of the marketing budget. Yes, that cuts into your margins. But if you can get creative with something like that, you get you build a huge list of loyal, raving fans that you can then market to. And that's what so many people don't understand it. And your customer list, Stephen said this earlier, is your most valuable asset. Maybe your IP could be up there with it, but your customer list would be next. And so many people think they make a sale on Amazon, I'm done. And that's it. You know, it doesn't matter. You're selling a spatula. Well, they don't need a second spatula. I'm not selling a continuity. No, you're not done. Like he said, the email, you know, so many people don't understand. They they feel, oh, I don't want to spam my customers. I know people that have lists of 200,000 emails. They've never emailed them once. I'm oh. like, holy cow, you're sitting on a gold mine here. It's just amazing. If you build a yeah. right relationship, people will buy from you over and over and over. And you, you've got to be thinking about that, especially in how competitive Amazon's gotten these days. It's the way to build a brand. It's the way to build a business. 
And what, what Stephen is saying here is, is so critical. You've got to pay attention to this. And, and maybe you can't do it when you first start because you're on a super tight budget or something, but you've got to have this in your roadmap and in your plan yeah. to get to this point if you really want to stand, stand apart. Again, think about the personal thing that, that Kevin was just talking about with his dog treats. It's something completely unexpected. It's something that when the customer receives that, they know that it was an unnecessary thing, but the company went out of their way to still send that. They know that. They may not have bought for, for, for months, but guess what? Now that repeat purchase rate or people coming back in to buy other things, their barrier to conversion is now so low. When they receive that treat in the mail, guys, they're looking for a reason to engage with the company. He, he's given them something that they need to reciprocate. They get this gift and they're like, oh my gosh, okay, I, that's amazing. Yeah, next time I need to buy something, I know exactly where I'm going. There's no version of I'm going to shop elsewhere. There's no version of I'm going to compare and see what else I can get. No, you go, okay, I, I know who's going to take care of me. I want to be involved like this. And you've got to understand your customer too. You, you got, like he said, the, the intent, and we'll talk about understanding buyer intent here in a second, but you got to understand what's valuable to yeah. your customer. Just giving them something that you think is cool is may not be cool. For, here's another quick example is one of my past businesses back in the late 90s and early 2000s, putting sexy girls on baseball cards was a thing. It was a big, big business where you would go out and you'd shoot bikini models or you'd shoot Sports Illustrated models or, you know, it even went to like Playboy models and stuff on little baseball cards. Just like, you know, you know, collect a football or basketball, you know, stars. People collected these. And we had a company that we did that. And what we did is to our customer base every year, we would hire a, a sexy model in lingerie and have her doing something with Santa Claus, you know, sitting on, on like a, a, a you know, do, doing something with Santa Claus in, in a sexy way. And then we would customize, we would create a card set because these are collectors because we understood the mentality in our buyers and they like things that are limited edition. You know, there's only a thousand of these or only 5,000 of these. Mm -hmm. And so we would make a special limited edition card it's a single card, you know, two and a half by three and a half inches that was numbered one of 5,000, two of 5,000, three of 5,000. We would mount it to a bigger card and send that out to them in a, in a nice envelope, you know, Christmas envelope as a Christmas present every year at Christmas and to all of our customers. And they loved it, you know, and they were super loyal. We were voted like the number one company in the business year after year after year. And it, it just paid such huge dividends and, and it gave them something that they exactly wanted, you know, and it played right into their psychology and right into their psyche and they ate that up. So you have to think of things in those terms, not just something that's cheap and easy, you know, you know, you go to a conference and people are here, here's a keychain with our logo on it. Who gives a crap about that? You know, who's going to use that? You know, I don't even take the gift bags mostly at these conferences because it's people haven't thought out what is actually practical and use, usable to that audience. They're just doing whatever the latest promotional yeah. thing is or something they can do for cheap. So you have to think in those terms. Yeah. And to piggyback on what you're saying there, Kevin, what I always think about is the things that I'm optimizing for in terms of keywords are search terms. The things that people are using to search for certain products are not the same terminology and language that are the reasons they're going to convert. And what Kevin is talking about is doing what we, we spoke about in the very beginning of the podcast, going to where your customers are hanging out. Maybe that's on social media. Maybe that's on a Discord. Maybe that's on some forum somewhere. And 
being able to read those conversations. There's an old school thing in marketing called a focus group where you would get a bunch of people together in a room and you would present different things to them and psychologically evaluate their responses for you know product development and, and marketing and a few other things. Guys, social media, anytime that you can go and read through people's conversations, that is a free archived focus group. Facebook groups are focus groups. Where do you think I, I mean, I, I scuba dive, but where do you think I learned so much more about what's really important to all of the other divers? I went, I went through, I went through Facebook groups. The more you understand about your, your customer base, the more you can optimize for leveraging how much they're going to identify with you and how much more they're going to gravitate toward what you have going on versus all of the other pieces in the market. And you got to speak their language. I mean, you have to speak their language and put it in there. Use words that they use. Use psycho- use the phrasing that they use. You know, another good example is if you listen to episode 294, the, the first uh, podcast that I hosted of AMPM podcast a couple weeks ago, uh, I interviewed Manny Coates and the original founder of Helium 10. And in that podcast, we talked about how Manny's launching this uh, NFT project called uh, Bulls and Apes Project. And you know, I, I've mentioned this a few times that I'm launching an NFT project primarily for the reason of community, not to have some JPEGs that, that hopefully go up in value, which, like I said, I'll be talking about later. But Manny is already doing this. So when he launched his project at the end of May, what did I do? I did exactly what Stephen is is preaching to, to you to do. I didn't go to Facebook or Instagram. I went to, in, in the NFT space, Twitter spaces. It's kind of like Clubhouse, you know, when the, the pandemic Clubhouse came to be a thing. Yes. And now it's Twitter space. Yes. Twitter spaces is where all the NFT talk is happening. You know, I have a, I've had a Twitter account since like 20... 13, I think I had two followers at the time. And now I have a few hundred because I, I joined a Twitter space. But I went and listened to Manny's Twitter space because w- when they launched their product on May 31st, they did 24-7 Twitter spaces for like five days to launch the product to, to help sell it out. Just constant. They had guests coming on, guests coming on, people that had bought coming on. And I'm like, this is the perfect freaking opportunity to do exactly what Stephen is just saying, to go in and listen to these people. Yes, some of it was boring bored me to tears, but I, every waking minute for five days, I was on there, not because I wanted to know what's the coolest thing that he's doing. I wanted to get into the psychology of the buyers. I wanted to know what are they talking about, what's important to them, why did they buy this stuff, and the information and that I got and the insight that I got is irreplaceable. I could not have read that in any blog or any magazine or any book yeah. or anywhere. And then I just went to NFT New York, 16,000 people at this NFT conference in New York. And I, did, I went there, I listened to some of the talks, but I was there primarily to, to size up the audience, to talk to some people, to look at, okay, what is the age group of these people? Okay, I see they're mostly 18 to 25-year-old guys uh, with no business experience that are trying to do this and this and this. And it gave me some really good insight. I don't need to become an expert in that space, just like Stephen said. I don't have a super passion, but I see the power and the way to leverage this, and I need to understand that. And so when I create our project, that's how we will, we will create it with that in mind. And that, it's so, so critical to do this. And so many people don't want to take these steps or don't want to do this. And like Stephen said, it used to be focus groups. You'd have to spend a lot of money. I remember you going Vegas, used to be you yeah. going in Vegas. I think it was at the, the MGM that when you're walking down to the restaurants, they had like a, an off, not an office, but like a, 
a retail kind of store there that was a focus group place. And they would just grab people. They had people with clipboards out as you're walking to go get your hamburger or something and say, hey, do you have uh, 15 mm-hmm. minutes? Will you come in here? We'll pay you, you know, 100 bucks or buy your hamburger for free if you'll come in here and watch this short little commercial and give us your feedback. You don't have to do that anymore. The Internet is, is so valuable and you, you can get so much information. Use this and, and create your listings this way. Build your audience this way. And it will make a huge difference. It's not an overnight success. This is not, you're going to do this, and, and it's not a field of dreams. It's not, you got to execute. And it takes a little bit of time. But once you get the snowball rolling downhill, you'll have an avalanche before you know it. Yes, yes, yes. 100% agreed with everything that you just said. I mean, and, and not to beat a dead horse, but honestly, even a little bit of effort, the more you know about your customers, the easier a time you're going to have, not only leveraging the information for more sales on what you already have, but it's going to make your product development a lot easier too. There are so many things that I had as original ideas from some of the data like we all play with in in, in Helium 10 and elsewhere, but then I go and actually do some of the social listening and find out what's really important to people. And I'm like, ooh, here's another thing that people want solved. I don't really see any features on some of these products or or what some of the brands are putting out that are kind of addressing this need that the market is continually talking about. So if I address that need, I don't really have much competition and the market and, and the hunger for it is already there. So I always try to go that route. I think you might have, maybe it's already a term, but if not, I'm going to give you credit for coining this term social listening. Social listening is, I don't know if that's something that people have used before, but I like that. That's going to be something I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to latch on to. I will confess, I picked that up. I picked that up from the content marketing world. Okay. Um, it's not my original term. It's just one that I beat to death. You know, if, if I go into a group and I pose as a user and ask an open loop type question, or if I say, hey, I'm new, can I find out about blah, blah, blah? You'll get everybody come in and, and give their opinion on what's going on. The I'm new bit works great for getting all of the experts in the space or anybody that has anything to say, pile on and just vomit all of the information you might need about what's important. <laughs> it's so easy to do. So I, want, I think one of the things that you said was a, a great, uh, I think this might have been one of your presentations at Billion Dollar Seller Summer or something. You said, actually, this is a good line to put when you go into a social media group. Like you said, you know, say you're new, but you, you specifically said, right, to post this, you know you're a blank if, when, you blank. Ah. And then you put in parentheses, answering yes. comments. You know, so the exact phrase is, yep. you know you're a scuba diver <laughs> if, when, you yeah whatever the answer is, you leave that blank. So they'll fill it in, answering comments in parentheses, and people will then start just filling it in and you'll get so Mm -hmm. much valuable information. And because there's so much comments going on, that post will be seen by a lot more people. It will, it could, you know, instead of being seen by 50 people, because everybody's commenting that sends out social signals to Facebook that, Hey, we need to show this to more and more and more people of the group. Because remember when you post on social media, this is something to, to keep in mind too. If you don't get engagement, your post doesn't go anywhere. So maybe you're going to a group of, you know, like like Stephen said, a scuba group, and there's you know five thousand people, let's say, in this group, and you're like, I'm gonna go in there and do everything that yeah. Stephen just said. I'm gonna post something. I'm new here. What should I do? And you get one or two comments. Well, out of those five thousand, maybe a hundred, 150 people are gonna see that post. All five thousand will never see that post. But if people, you post something that gets them yeah. to respond and not all and give the same answer, not a yes/no answer, but different answers. 
then Facebook sees that as this is valuable. Instead of going to 100, 150 people, you might reach 1,000, 1,500, who knows, 2,500, maybe the whole group if, if you're lucky. That's the way you got to get this information. And to piggyback on that, you're you're going to get momentum. So if you if you do something like I talked about and, and, and have a set of posts ready to go, when you post each day and you start building engagement momentum, Facebook will see that and they'll say, okay, this person's posting we're going to go ahead and give it a little more reach because it's creating a better user experience. And they're getting those user experience signals because of the engagement rates. Like Kevin said, I have multiple groups that, uh, in, in, in which I post and usually within 48 hours of the post, I've reached a full 20% of the group's members organically. That's awesome. And that's, that's crazy business. And if you can do that over and over and over and over again, before you know it, there's a lot of people talking about you, a lot of people searching you out. They'll go to your profile. You can say, hey, you know, founder of this or, you know, have a link to the store or what have you. And people start clicking through. The other thing that you need to pay attention to that you will see is brand lift. If people know that you're associated with a certain brand and they start really latching onto your messages, you'll see uh, brand searches increase on Google and on Amazon. Happens all the time. And while I'm talking about that, one of the things that I like to do, this is a, a separate little trick where I use Shopify and Amazon together because I, I like to use Shopify before I send people to Amazon because I like to be able to keep the customer data and I have better advertising tools available to me when I use a Shopify store. But what I'll do is my highest intent audiences that come to my store, let's say abandoned cart or abandoned checkout, I will create a custom audience of them on Facebook and Facebook's audience builder. And instead of retargeting them to my Shopify store where they can check out with the order they already have in the basket, if I have those items on Amazon, I will almost always run a reach campaign. And the reach campaign on Facebook just says, put this in front of as many people as possible. And if it's a custom audience, it's just that small group of people. I'll say, hey, you left something at the store. Did you know you can get this on Amazon for a couple of dollars cheaper and get it two days with the prime experience? Now, what I'm doing is I'm sending them over to Amazon, and even if they don't click on the ad, they're going to go and search either my brand or, or by the product name, and they're going to look for it, right? So I get that, and because of the perceived discount, because my Amazon listings are a few dollars cheaper, there's a perceived discount, but they're still buying at full price, and... <laughs> When, when you do that, I, I still have that customer data. It's a simple thing to do. So I just, I know that was a little tangent there, but it's important. So if you have even a single product Shopify store, you can run traffic there and then retarget people to your Amazon listing and get traffic over on your Amazon listing with, with still being able to maintain all the customer data. The cool thing is, even if they go to Amazon, you can take that same custom audience that you built and get them to opt into your community, get, send them to an email opt-in page, whatever you want to do. You can still play with them and, manip and, and manipulate that customer experience to, to keep things moving on your end. So just wanted to make sure I covered that one too, because that's super easy to do and super overlooked. It is. I'm just going to give you one little other tangent. I don't know if you've ever done this one, Stephen, but there's a little tip for, for those of you out there. But let's okay. say you're selling a, you know, a gift for newlyweds. You, you want to get into the, you're doing your research on Amazon. You're like, I want to sell, you know, or maybe you already have a product or that would be a perfect gift for newlyweds, or you're looking to do something. What I've done is I've actually gone onto Facebook and I've run custom, I've run ads and chose the, the targeting audience. And I just type in friends of, if you just type friends of, when you choose your, your 
audience yes. profiles, and then it will show friends of people getting married in one month, P- friends of people that just got married, people, friends of people who their wedding anniversary is coming up, friends of people who have a birthday, friends of women who have a birthday, friends of men who have a birthday, and you could post something like, uh, you know, you could just go on there as a person and say, hey, I'm. My, my friend is getting married. What would be the perfect wedding gift to give them? I'm looking for something cool and interesting and unique. And just look at the responses you get and look at the ideas that you get oh for, for, for products. You could do this for a lot of different things without even having a group. It, there's just so much amazing stuff that you can do out there. If You just got to think out of the box. And, and get creative with it. And the tools are, are super powerful. Very, very much so. So in, in terms of starting, if you're an Amazon only seller and you want to start elsewhere, I would go to unbounce.com and look at their blog because they're going to have some great information on setting up what's called a, a lead capture page versus a click-through style lander. And that's if you're going to either want to use a sales page to send people to your Amazon listing and you know, run run traffic to that where you'll you'll have an increase in conversions, or if you just want to capture emails, I would send people to a place called reallygoodemails.com as a place to see what good looking and high converting emails look like based on the niche or based on if it's a welcome series flow or a post-purchase flow. And you're going to get a lot of good information on uh, starting to set that up. Now, just like when everybody started on Amazon, learning the Amazon platform, learning product sourcing, all of that, yeah, okay, you had to learn all of that. But what if you could easily 5X what you're doing by just adding a couple of other pieces? We're not saying that you need a 10-armed octopus just if you're at that point where you're like, I want to venture off and I want I want to start you know, having a little more leverage, that would be really cool. Great. Learn landing pages. Learn a little bit of email marketing. It will help a lot. The, the supplement company I talked about much earlier in the podcast, uh, the MyObvi guys, they started three years ago with $10,000 as their initial capital into the, into the protein powder market. And in three years time, they built a $30 million a year company. Wow. That's awesome. Because it's all about customer experience and community. Yep. It's crazy. They spend so much time in their community, it's bonkers. But it works. It does. And just as another landing page, you know, all of you that have all of you that have Helium 10, you also have portals, which is a landing page builder built within Helium 10. So uh, if, if you know if you don't want to use one of the other tools out there, you have access to that as well. Well, Stephen, this is uh, we could probably sit here and talk for about another four hours. Yeah, or so absolutely. On this, but we we uh, I want to I want to I want to <laughs> push on that last point you just made. Though, hold on one second, Kevin. Sure. I want to push on that last point you just made. Sure. Yeah, if you're on Helium 10 and you have the portals feature available to you, oh my gosh, don't be a bonehead and switch off. It's already integrated and in everything for you. Don't pay extra for it. Go to Unbounce and learn about what's actually going to work, and then go back over to portals and build it out, baby. Absolutely. Use that to your full advantage because guess what? I promise if they looked at it from the back end, the amount of people that have access to that versus the amount of people effectively using it, it's it's so silly as it, 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 at how underused it would be. And that's so easy to use and give yourself a crazy advantage in your space. So definitely use that if you have it on Helium 10, guys. Awesome. Well, Stephen, how do, how can people, f- I know you have the Unstoppable FBA group. You got like, I think about 10,000 plus members in that. How else can people reach out to you if they want to learn more or, or hear more of your talks or learn more or reach out to you if they want to maybe 
use you for something? What's, what's the best way? The easiest way to get a hold of me to find out more about what I have going on is what Kevin just mentioned. It is the Unstoppable FBA Facebook group. All I do is talk about marketing tips, um, specifically about you know the things that we talked about and more. I talk about copywriting. I talk about conversions. Um, I, t- I talk about email marketing. I talk about advertising. All of the extra marketing stuff specifically geared for Amazon sellers. I'm in there every day posting tips. I'm in there every day answering questions. You can reach out to me personally there if you have questions. I am happy to answer whatever you guys want to throw at me. And, uh, you know, looking forward to having you if you would like to come and know more. Awesome. Steven, it's, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. The time flies when we speak about stuff that we're passionate about and that we love. Thanks. Thanks so much for coming on and, and sharing the AMPM podcast audience. Oh, Kevin, thank you so much for having me. The pleasure is all mine. Anytime you want to pick my brain, you know all you have to do is ask, and I will happily go ahead and and, and have a party and talk with you, my man. Awesome. We'll have to do this again. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. As you could tell, Stephen and I could talk about that for quite a bit longer. We're both super passionate about marketing and building a great customer experience and building an awesome uh, customer list that you can use over and over again. Hopefully you got some good value from this episode. Don't forget, we'll be back again next week with another jam-packed episode. Also, the Helium 10 Elite training will be on July 21st. So if you're a Helium 10 Elite member, be sure to check that out. If you just have a basic Helium 10 membership or any level of Helium 10 membership, make sure you check out the Freedom Ticket. It's free access for anybody who has a Helium 10 membership. It's an A to Z on how to sell on Amazon, available at no extra charge to all Helium 10 members. And don't forget, the Billion Dollar Seller Summit is coming up in August in Austin, Texas. It's sponsored by Helium 10. And I'll be speaking at the Sale and Scale event, the Helium 10 event in Las Vegas in September. So just to close out with this week's golden nugget, kind of along the lines of what uh, we just talked about today. Remember, people follow incentives, not advice. People follow incentives, not advice. (laughs) 